This is Wednesday night worship service here at the Pine Little Pentecostal Wednesday Church, February the 10th, 2001, with our CE Director, Reverend Mag Perry. The message tonight is The Harvest. We'll start off tonight with a song from Sarah Perry, Behold the Lamb. See him there, the great I am, a crown of thorns upon his head, the Father's heart displayed for us. Oh God, we thank you for the cross. Lift it up. written on his hands Jesus you will reign forevermore the victory is yours we sing your praise endless hallelujahs to your holy name Jesus you will reign forevermore the victory is yours offer up this sacrifice for every sin our savior died the lord of life written on his hands Jesus you will reign forevermore the victory is yours we sing your praise endless hallelujahs to your holy name Jesus you will reign forevermore the victory
Behold the Lamb, the story of redemption written on His hands. Jesus, you will reign forevermore. The victory is yours. You reign forevermore. The victory is yours, King Jesus reigns forevermore. The victory is yours. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, let's read our scriptures tonight. Starting in uh, verse 31 of chapter 12. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the world be cast out. And if I, Jesus, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And in verse 33, this he said, signifying what death he should die. Basically the type of death on the cross. Crucified. The people, verse 34, the people answered him. I do want to say by this time, it's more than just those uh, Greek men and the disciples. A lot of other people have gathered. And I believe even now that the uh, priest and uh, maybe even the high priest may be there based on some of the questions he get in our message tonight, and we're going to talk about that. So the people answered him, we have heard out of the law, basically out of the law of Moses, what they understand at this point of the Old Testament, um, that Christ abided forever. In other words, he was going to live forever. And, and I want to talk about that a little bit, because in the whole Old Testament, it clearly tells uh, us, and they had the Old Testament available to them, that there would be uh, at least two times that Jesus came to the earth. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit based on the prophecies. And uh, uh, it's very important for us to understand that they did not have an understanding of what, and it was because they won't talk. I believe the priest and the, uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it's very important to understand what they're saying here. We have heard out of the law that Christ abided forever. So they had been taught and they understand it, meaning the Jewish people, that, uh, you know, Jesus, when he came to earth, that he wasn't going to be crucified. He wasn't going to be punished. He wasn't going to die. He wasn't going to be trial, tried for anything. And um, so, that, so to what their question is, then how sayest thou the son of man must be lifted up? And uh, who is this son of man? I, I just believe it's so important. Uh, it, it stresses the point as I studied this tonight of us teaching 100% the accuracy of the Bible. That's the way I look at it. What's really the truth of the Bible? Looking at 35, then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while, this is Jesus' answer to what they just said about the Son of Man must be lifted up. Who is the Son of Man? And those questions I just read. 35 said, then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is a light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest Darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Powerful, 
powerful 35, uh, verse 35. What an answer he gave to all of us, not only them that day, but the answer that he gave to us. It just, it just fills my spirit with peace and joy when I, when I read that. When you really, we're going to talk about that tonight. And then verse 36, while ye have light, believe in the light that ye may be the children of the light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from him, uh, them. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too. And uh, that's significant what Jesus is saying there. But first, as we always do, so we can refresh in our, our, our minds from last week where we at in the, uh, the scriptures and, and what's going on and, and kind of then lead us into uh, tonight's message. So I'll quickly go through uh, what we studied last week. As I told you, he was continuing to talk to the Greeks. Verse 27 last week said, Now my heart is troubled, meaning uh, Jesus had some burdens on his heart. And he said, What shall I say? Father, save me from this. And, and he quickly basically said no in the Scriptures because it was for this very reason that he had come to earth was to, be, to die for us. It was his hour, and it was, as we've been talking about, it's Passion Week. It's the last few days of his life. And, uh, and then the la- what he ended with, which I spent a lot of time on, was, Father, uh, glorify your name. And then, as we know, uh, God answers him. And l- let's continue uh, 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 refreshing our memory. As I think about what Jesus was going through, Jesus knew what he was going through. He was going to be beaten He's going to have a crown of thorns. He was going to be pierced in the side. He knew all these things, but his his hour, even though his hour was close, he was very, he was in his hour. He still, in his mind, he he knew that what he was there for. He still wanted to glorify his body. I mean, his father. He knew that he wanted his father uh, to get to. Uh, be, he wanted to be in his father's will, everything that he did. And what a great lesson I, I mentioned last week for us, that when we go through our trials, when we're burdened down, that we should do the same thing. We should glorify him. That was the name of the, uh, the title I give last week was glorifying God. And we should learn this from Jesus and everything that we go through and everything. You know, even I, I think about it in the good times. We ought to be thanking Jesus and glorifying, lifting them up, even when we don't have burdens, when we got good things going on. And then verse, verse 48, I thought 28, the voice came from heaven um, and, and the, the voice said to Jesus, I have glorified it and will glorify again. It was a very loud, audible sound, kind of like a boom that came out of heaven. It was a thunderous moment as, as one writer wrote and touched my heart. But the shock of the sound, that loud sound quickly went away when Jesus started to speak and help them understand what was going on. You know, um, I really, and I think I mentioned last week, I don't think the big boom from heaven was God speaking to his son, not only reassuring his son, but also he was reassuring mostly us as Jesus told us in the scriptures. But he was, he was giving his son confidence. He was letting know his son know he was doing his will. And Jesus is faithfulness and his uh, heart, uh, you know, his, his heavy heart, God touched him in that moment. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit because we got scriptures that tell us that the, the whole emotional thing of what Jesus was going through changes immediately. And I'm going to talk about that. So uh, when we speak faithfully and we trust God, 
He will bless us in the same way. I was, I'm, I'm reminded real quickly, I told you about three occasions where God spoke to Jesus when he was here on this uh, earth in a loud voice. And one was in his baptism when he rose up out of the water and he was baptized. The second time was when uh, Elijah and Moses came, uh, uh, in, uh, uh, came down in glory and the lights were bright and, and they let him know, let Jesus know that, you, you know, that uh, you will accomplish a great thing in Jerusalem and the scriptures, tell, uh, I won't go back through the scriptures. I give all those last week. And then this being the third time when he, when, in a very loud boom, when he was basically saying to Jesus, uh, you know, uh, you, you, I believe he was saying you're glorifying me and what you're doing. And then also um, the, the scriptures let us not I think about uh, how, I, I think about how Jesus and everything he did, everything uh, he did, he wanted to glorify his, his father. You know, I think about how he did exactly what his father wanted him to do. And I talked about details over the last few messages, how he just did everything specifically. And it just touched my heart to say, I want to make sure that I do everything as detailed as I can and as thorough as I can and as good as I can when I'm doing something for God. So Jesus was clearly saying he wasn't going to escape this hour. He had no desire, a desire. But he not only, I mentioned last week, he wasn't looking forward to the cross, he was looking forward to after the cross, what he knew was going to happen. And it leads us into our um, message tonight about how he knows that he was the beginning of the harvest, a worldwide harvest. And I, I, I think about um, him being the first seed. You remember how he talked to the Greek about uh, planting a seed and that's how a seed will multiply. It would first die and then multiply because it has to die in the old, the sins, and what be cleansed. So Jesus, again, I think is getting rid of the old human body uh, that caused him some emotion, that caused him some things to go through. And now he is being uh, 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 the seed planted for all of us that will be multiplied. And we will be the multiplying seeds also for him. And in verse 29, the crowd that was there heard it, the thunders. Um, uh, some said it was thunder, some said it was angels, and I asked uh, the question, which do you believe it was? And, uh, uh, you know, um, I think that uh, one of the, uh, another thing that it was also signifying to us was that there was a, John was telling us there was a division there. There was some that believed on both sides. There was one group that believed that it was thunder. There was another belief that he was Jesus Christ. He was the Son of God, and he was um, um, the angels was recognizing who he was. So in the lesson overall, uh, last week, uh, I think the main thing that touched my heart, and I hope it touched yours, is that, you know, through our suffering, through our pain, and through all the things that we go through, we want to glorify God. We want to give it to God. We want to bless him tonight. So looking at our verse verses tonight, looking at the harvest, um, I want to go back one verse, verse 30. Um, and I intentionally didn't review that uh, in the review because uh, I wanted to use it as leading off tonight's message also. Verse 30, Jesus said in a loud voice from heaven, it was for our benefit. You know, I know it blessed Jesus, but he was saying to the Greeks, there was one thing, you know, to the Greeks. He was affirming that Jesus was the Son of God, affirming to Jesus just as important that he was the Son of Man which means that he was the savior for all people. He was the savior for you Greeks, for the Jews, and for everyone. So tonight, as we're leading into um, 
our lesson tonight in verse 31. You know, and he let him know everyone. He, at that time, he let Jesus let everyone know that, um, you know, the invitation was for all. Very important. Verse 31 tells us it's now time for judgment uh, on the world. And now the prince of the world will be driven out. We've heard and we've read in the Bible where many times uh, uh, the wording is used to talk about the devil, the prince of the world, the prince of sin. So that's what Jesus is referring to here. Once Jesus, I believe, once Jesus heard his, uh, his uh, father's voice from heaven previously, I can now sense, when you, re- when you read the words tonight, when you read the scriptures tonight, and what he said, it's time for judgment of the world. Time, now the Prince of Peace, I believe Jesus has a whole new, uh, his emotional, human emotion stuff is gone now. I believe Jesus is now focused. Uh, Jesus' words even say to me, he's got a whole new attitude. His whole demeanor quickly changed from what it was. He's now knowing and understanding and getting all the stuff out of that was kind of holding him back a little bit, what happens to us. And I believe Jesus, because he now... Uh, you know, he's now showing the power to who he is. He's now showing that he is the Son of God. He is now prophesying what is going to happen to this world. You can see, and you know, in Luke 9.62, and in 2 Corinthians 4 and 1, and in Hebrew, I won't read all those scriptures, but if you want to read those, uh, you know, watching, you'll, you'll catch it real quick if you don't have a chance to write, write it down. But they are telling us now, he has a, a new, strong, absolute and nothing is intimidating him now. He let go. He let go of his human side. He looked directly at his father and his spiritual side. And his focus changed when he did that. His focus changed on the mission. His focus changed on what he knows his father was. He got past the anxiety and the hurt and what he knew he was going through on the, on the cross. He knew, hallelujah, that he was looking beyond the cross as we're supposed to be doing, looking beyond our trials and look beyond what God's got good for us, what God's got in store for us. We have to let go of those human side and go forward. His whole demeanor changed as a conqueror, as a savior that he really was. You can sense it in his words. He was now casting judgment on the sin of this world. Hallelujah. He was looking past the cross. He was looking at the harvest. He was looking at the whole purpose of what he was created for and who he was. Also as a judgment of Satan, the prince of the world will be driven out, will be cast out of the... And what I remember in the scriptures that there's a day coming when the devil's going to be cast into the uh, lake of fire forever. So... Let me summarize what Jesus said right there. Everyone, he included everyone that was going to end up being against him, like the devil, the prince of the world, the so-called priest, and all the ones that they thought, by the way, crucifying him would be the end of Jesus. But they did not know, hallelujah, that it was just the beginning. They did not realize what they were doing. The devil and sin was about to be ending because Jesus Christ was going to defeat the devil and defeat the sin at the cross. Hallelujah. It's at the cross is where sin 
is defeated. Hallelujah. Thank God for his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus knew where he was going, uh, looking ahead to the harvest. Hallelujah. The cross defeated the devil and sin. Although there's another point of time coming that they were going to be cast out forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But that was the point of starting defeating them. Hallelujah. First 30, uh, verses 32 through 33. When I am lifted up. Hallelujah. From heaven. Remember now. He, he, is, he is saying what it, what, what's on his heart. He's saying what his mission is. What the prophecy is. When I am lifted up from this earth. I will draw all men to myself. Verse 33 said to this, uh, to this show the kind of death. Also, he said this shows the kind of death that he was going, meaning to the cross to die. Let's look at verse 32. Jesus knew the cruelties, the things that he was going to go through, the hatred that was here on this earth that awaited him. But he was not thinking about that anymore. He was looking. And you know what? Jesus knew there won't no backup plan, no plan B, no plan C. He knew that he was the plan. He was the plan. That's what we got to look at. Jesus Christ is the plan. Nothing else in our life is the plan. All the things, the little things that we hold on to that hold us back, that ain't the plan. God is the plan. His Son is the plan. And we have to let go of everything else. Jesus was clearly saying in a twofold prophecy that day, that moment, that when I am lifted up, meaning my resurrection, when I'm resurrected, that is the beginning of the end of sin and the devil and the beginning of the harvest. That's what he said. And second thing he said in the prophecy, the result will be I will draw all people unto me. Meaning people will look to him. What will they see? They will see love of the cross. Hallelujah. His death and crucifixion and the outcome would be a worldwide harvest. Hallelujah. All we have to do is accept him and accept the peace. Jesus was emphatic. He was to the point and clear about the outcome, about what's going to happen. I don't see and understand why today people have questions about, did that really happen? What's going on? Why, why this? Why that? It is very clear. Jesus made it very clear, the outcome and the results of the cross. He said, I will. He said it boldly. And in, 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 in letters that everyone, to everyone, that he is the Savior. He is the way to eternal life. Let's continue listening to what he said. He said, also, I will draw. Jesus knew there would be a worldwide drawing of people. Millions would accept him. The gospel, why the gospel, why the cross attracts people is because of love. We forget that sometimes, I believe. We think it's about a lot of other things. But it's about love. The results of how much love God had for us. I know in this world today, in this dying and sinful world today, love can still penetrate hearts. All we have to do is be the example and show that love like Jesus Christ did. He truly loved us. Patience and love will draw people. John tells us in his word in verse 34 tonight as we just read, then the crowd spoke up. And as I mentioned, I believe these others are starting to accumulate there now. So the naysayers, those that don't believe. And I believe even some of the priests are showing up now. So 
here, here's what they, uh, Jesus, uh, the crowd said. We have heard from the law that Christ will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? I believe now, as I said, many people were there. These questions are coming from those that did not understand and did not understand the Old Testament. The prophecies are told about Jesus. I'm about to tell you. Clearly told about Jesus, the Messiah, the suffering, and the resurrection. What those religious leaders, so-called religious leaders, should have been doing is reading the Scriptures in the Old Testament, understanding truly what the Old Scriptures were telling them. That, uh, and it told, the Old Testament tells us that the Messiah would come in two different events. Let me give you the scriptures. And first of all, in Daniel, and I'll go through detail in a, in a little bit more, but I want to hit uh, uh, highlights right now, and then I'll get into details a little bit later. But in Daniel, first of all, Daniel says he would suffer and die making the perfect sacrifice. My wording, of course. And he would be raised from the dead. In Zechariah 2, 10 and 12, Jesus uh, it, uh, it is prophesied there will be a second coming and it will be the time when Jesus would come back and establish his eternal reign forever. He would take his saints home. Jesus answered, verse, uh, this is what Jesus' answer to 35 and th through 37 was. And I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll be referencing that back in a little bit. 35 says, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. My words, walk while you have the light before the darkness overtakes you, before sin overtakes you. The person who walks in sin, walks in darkness, does not know where he or she is going. He is saying back then to them, and he is saying to us today, that the time is short. He was referring not only to his physical walk there, accepting him, but I believe he was also referring to that he, when he comes by, the time between when he was, his death and resurrection and the time to his second coming to take all his saints home is a very short time. We, and now we're even shorter time than it was back then. He's saying to all of us today, we're in the end times. We are in the final hours. And as the brother uh, Jerry mentioned Sunday, and I agree, we're in the final minutes that we have the light. We have Jesus here with us on earth. There's a day coming when he will go and leave this earth. He won't be here anymore. What a dark and gloomy time. Folks, we need to be, if you do not know Jesus Christ, you need to accept him tonight, right at this time. Hallelujah. That's what he's saying. And you'll walk in darkness. You will not have any light in your life. Verse 36, he's saying, put your trust in the light. Again, my words, while you have it. In other words, put our faith in him, accept him so that you may become sons of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 37, either, even after Jesus had done all these miracles in, the, in their presence, they still would not believe him. So I'm going to start with verse 37, and then I'll work my way through. I'll go back to 36 and 7. 37, as I mentioned, I believe, and, and I've, I've done a lot of reading and a lot of studying on this and trying to understand 
exactly when they referred to the law, what were they meaning, what was going on. And uh, what I, I believe in my spirit now and what I understand is what they were referring to uh, was uh, that the Old Testament uh, was available to them. That's a fact. The Old Testament was available, but they did not learn. They were not taught. These priests did not teach it properly. Let me tell you, Daniel 9, 26, one clearly said, the prophet Daniel said, received the re revelation that the Messiah, the Messiah would suffer. It was delivered to Daniel by the angel Gabriel, another confirmation in the prophecy that the first time Jesus comes, he would suffer. And the angels used the language, same language again. Many uh, years later, 200 and some years later, when, they, when he was, when the angel was, uh, Daniel was talking, uh, Gabriel was talking to Isaiah, and he used the same kind of terminology. The prophet Zechariah, 12 and 10, foretold the Messiah would be pierced and suffered. And then it is amazing to me, it is amazing to me, you know, the people weren't taught, so they didn't understand. That's the, I mentioned a little earlier, it is so important that we study and, and learn the whole Bible. Today's world takes out parts and pieces that fits their lifestyle, fits the way that they want to live, and they use it. Folks, we're not to do that. We are to use the whole Word of God. That's what those folks did back then. And they're still doing it today. They still are looking for the Messiah the first time. It is amazing to me that the priests, if you think about what they did, I, I read a little bit about this, about the history, that they were slaughtering thousands and thousands of animals to, for sacrifices to God. They were making, you know, they were saying, but in their hearts, they could not and absolutely weren't willing to learn in their hearts. They come to the conclusion, which was that Jesus Christ couldn't possibly be the Savior because he was crucified. And, you know, they, in their hearts, they couldn't admit, they let pride get in the way, they couldn't admit that they were wrong. You ever met anybody like that? You ever met anybody that just absolutely thought they were right about anything and just weren't willing to change their mind? Jesus Christ was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the sacrifice for all. Hallelujah. You know, their self-centeredness, their self-righteousness, and their hard-heartedness about them and the power that they would lose, they just weren't willing to give it up and change their mind and teach the Word of God. We can't let that happen to us. We must teach the Word of God. We must teach the New Testament who Jesus Christ is, that He loves us. He's the only way to heaven. We must accept Him as our Savior and ask Him to forgive us for our sins. It's the only way. The Apostle Paul, many years later, after Jesus' death and resurrection, spoke emphatically in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. He says, For us that believe and accept, understand and receive the power of God. But he also said, The message of the cross is foolishness, foolishness, is foolish to those who are perishing, to those who are sinners. They think it's foolishness. They think it's crazy. Those that don't believe in the cross do think, and Paul uses the word foolish. Paul uses the word foolishness here. Paul is saying that their minds of the Messiah 
could not happen like he was went to the cross crucified. That was proof enough for them that he wasn't Jesus. But it's because the hearts had got so hard and not uh, listened to what God. Another important point for us this, tonight that touched my heart is we have to not only read and study and teach the Word of God, we have to accept and believe and let it penetrate into our heart. You know, we all have a tendency sometimes to question things and say, did he really mean that? Did he really mean that uh, or this? And, you know, what, what does that really mean? That's why it's so important for us to uh, get guidance. If we, if we can't find it in our studies and we, we pray and we still have questions, we should look to someone and get a prayer partner, get a, a Bible study partner. Bible studying partners are very, very important. People that uh, love the Lord and that understand the Bible. I recommend to you tonight, find you someone. Because I can tell you something. It's like talking to the Lord sometimes. You figure things out. I've done that. I've said, well, Lord, why and this and that and the other? And, and question it. And the Lord will end up giving me an answer. We can do the same thing with God. And we can do the same thing with a prayer partner or a Bible study partner. They can help us. And there is uh, good schools out there, good uh, Bible colleges that can help you get a better understanding of what God is telling us, what Paul is saying is foolishness to believe that Christ did not go to the cross. It is a lie of the devil. It's just like from the back, from the beginning, what happened to Adam and Eve? They believed a lie. They believed the devil when he said uh, back in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, oh, go ahead, you won't die if you eat that, that, that fruit. God told you, that God told you not to do it, but that's not true. That's not true. That's not the way God is. God won't do that. The devil was a liar. God will do that. He did exactly what he said he would do. Paul says also in 1 Corinthians 1, 23 and 25, we preach Christ crucified is a stumbling block in the Jewish world and is foolish to some Gentiles, to those that are not willing to accept and believe. Folks, we have to accept and believe and be careful that we don't get caught up in that, uh, that type of foolishness, foolish, foolishness as, as Paul said in his scriptures. Verse 36 and 37, uh, 36 and um, uh, uh, 36, uh, Jesus' response to the crowd. What a great, great lesson. And, and I, I took this very personal because I can be passionate about things and I can uh, sometimes get upset about things. I'm human. And uh, sometimes I say and do things that maybe wisdom tells me I shouldn't do. And I, I thank God that he's teaching me every day in that area. But for all of you that uh, I don't have a temper. I'm a mild-mannered kind of person, but I can get upset. But uh, for you that may have a ten temper or you get upset at little things, listen to what Jesus did. You know, thinking about what was going on there, they were, again, questioning him, challenging him, and uh, acting foolish, as Paul tells us, not believing in the cross. Jesus didn't respond with anger. He didn't reject them. He didn't turn his back on them. He didn't get mad with them. He didn't get upset with them. He continued to teach them about who he was. He was the light. 
and the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. He was letting them know that they could still, even though they were rejecting him and they were giving him a hard time questioning him, he was letting them know they still, they still could have eternal life with him because he loved them so much. But he also warned them. He says, if you don't accept him, uh, he will, you will wander in darkness. You will wander in sin. You know, I think about if only the Jewish people had, uh, had accepted him and removed their hard-heartedness and their pride and their ugliness in the heart and they'd have put their faith and trust in them, Jesus would have made them, hallelujah, uh, uh, sons and daughters of the light. He would have saved them. He would have also possibly saved their uh, great city. Remember how uh, Jesus prophesied to them that their great city would be destroyed and their great temple would be destroyed brick by brick? I believe if they had accepted him, that would have happened, but it didn't. So, um, you know, God is continually trying to teach the Jewish people who he, who he is. If only we, we would accept, if America would accept, if the world would accept who Jesus Christ really, uh, you know, he really who he is and what he's all about and what he wants to do for us. If we could all uh, as a country and as a world accept him, it would be truly as Paul had said, what Paul said, we could experience the power and the wisdom of God. That's what we need, the power and wisdom of God. But instead, the Lord Jesus Christ that day walked away and hid himself. You know, I mentioned many times that the word to us, when we hear the word, Jesus walked away and hid. First of all, it's a miracle Jesus can walk away and they didn't capture him, right? Think about it. They're there. They're looking at him and they were going to arrest him. First of all, it won't his time. It won't his hour. He's in his hour, but he is not this minute that he's supposed to be arrested when he says hid. But you know what? Uh, just a final thought on when he walked away and hid himself, what it meant to me. Their hearts were so hard, Jesus knew that any further discussion wasn't going to do any good, and he wasn't about to stand there and continue to argue. You know, I, I've, I've thought about, I've, I've even been caught up in situations where someone may want to argue about uh, the, uh, about God and about the Bible and argue certain points and get into a really heavy debate about some of those points. And sometimes, by the way, I, I know I can, uh, I talking to my wife and talking to others about some of the discussions they have with maybe some of their coworkers and all. They, they say they're Christians, but they get into some uh, really heavy debates about things that, quite honestly, the words are very clear, very specific in the Bible, but they don't believe it. You know, when someone tells me they're a Christian, but yet they believe in killing babies, I, 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 I in my heart just have to pray for them. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not going to bait it, but I, 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 I respect what Jesus did. He learned and he understood that there was no use of standing there arguing and debating it. He was just going to go still love them, right? 
He's just going to go still love them. That's what we have to do. We still have to go love them. What a great leader. What a great leader in Jesus Christ. What a great leader that we can be, be in, in carrying out his word as, as leader, all the leadership and all of us as Christians. What great leaders we can be, great leaders we can be if we understand that we have a responsibility to go teach and preach the word, but also as leaders there's a time when we don't sit and argue. It's not, it's not about arguing. It's about loving and it's about praying. But God uh, sent his son, a great leader, for us to example. Conclude. It, it was to me a scary thought when the leader, uh, when he walked away that day and he said he hid himself. If I looked at it from one perspective that he was going to go hide himself, you know, that would be a very, very scary thought if he had did that for, for, from all of us that he loves. But, um, you know, uh, some of the, the scriptures that tell us about that, you know, when Jesus walks away, and leaves us totally on our own. And one day that'll happen here on this earth. The consequences of our choices and our decisions, we know are pretty bad. Our choices and without Jesus Christ, our decisions. In Ezekiel 10, 18 through 23, sometime you want to read that in Matthew 23, 37 through 39, read it. Romans 1 and 24 through 32, it'll tell you, about the, the decisions we make, consequences of our decisions and having to live with those. Uh, Dave, David, uh, the psalmist David, King David, uh, summed it up great when he said in Psalms 51 and 11, King David's worst fear, it tells us in that uh, 51 and 11, after his sin was with Bathsheba, y'all remember that, was that God might leave him, might withdraw from him, and his Holy Spirit be removed from him and remove him from his throne. What a terrible, terrible thought to think that Jesus is going to leave one day. But you know what? We right now, this moment, if we don't know him, we can accept him. And for all of us that know him and love him, what a wonderful thought that we're going to go live with him. We're going to go be with him forever and ever and ever. It's wonderful to know that God, His Son, and His Holy Spirit loves us no matter what we do. They want to be a part of our life. They don't want to leave us, and they're giving us an opportunity. God desires, I believe He desires in His heart, as His Bible tells us, He desires our love, and He, des he loves us, and He desires us to become part of the harvest, the harvest that God's son planted when he was planted on the cross of Calvary and when he was resurrected. What a great passion. Would you stand with me tonight? What a great love. What a great forgiveness that Jesus Christ had for us. Uh, thank you for being a part of this Bible study. Continue to read ahead, uh, maybe the next uh, 10, 12 verses, and that way you start letting things sink in your heart, and I pray that God will bless you. Uh, when you read it, and, and don't stop there. Uh, uh, there's a whole lot of other reading that you can think about, I'm sure, that you would love to read. So continue to read God's Word, study His Word. Bless someone this week. Call them and bless them. Meet them, testify this, this week. Tell someone about Jesus Christ and how much He loves. Father, we thank You for this night You've given us to study Your Word. Father, we thank You for Your love for us. Thank You for Your Son that You give to us, Lord. Lord, help us to be part of that harvest, Lord.
Help us, dear Father, to touch and reach the lost, Lord. Help us to bless someone, Lord. We open up our hearts and minds to you, Lord. Give us the wisdom that we know, dear Father, can go out and do your work and will, Lord. And Lord, everything we do, dear Father, we want to please and bless you, Lord. Bless the Pine Level Pentecostal in this church. Bless this entire, uh, all the people, dear Father, all the people, Lord. Lord, bless Brother Paul Mitchell's family, Lord, tonight. Bless, bless Brother Lee Williams' family tonight, Lord. Be with them. Touch them, Lord. Encourage them and strengthen them. In thy name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank You've you. been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. And we welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime. And listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.